Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and the Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your presence, your time you've taken to share this uh, evening with me or morning for you. And I hope you're having a great time wherever you are. So uh, we've talked about many subjects over time, uh, 167 podcasts to be frank with you and I always start the program with saying um, multi-religions, regimes and refugees and then multicultural mess and secular scam. We've talked about secular, we've talked about how it's a scam and today is one such podcast where one of my listeners sent me a, a link, an email link and um, uh, I was stunned. I prevented myself from saying anything because I just wanted to swear um, and I said I, I just told them I'm not going to say anything uh, because if not I'll be too vulgar uh, because the anger uh, was uh, through the roof not to say I was not aware of this topic I was but it just it took me a while to um, put things together and I think we've come to the time where we need to speak we need to speak we need to vent, we need to have that conversation, and we need to stand up. And today's conversation is about the perfect secular scam. The perfect secular scam that is the Republic of India. The church and the work board are the two biggest land grabbers, thieves on the surface of the planet. Or, or should I say in Republic of India. The two biggest. Um, literally, these are the two, only two groups of people crying victimhood, crying fascism, crying minority status. And all this while I've been telling you, well, minorities is a scam. There is no such thing as minorities. It's a narrative that's put in your head to protect not the people on the ground, but the establishment that is that are relics of colonial empires. These empires are dead, but their divine departments are open for business and they need our human capital and our mind to resurrect their empire by protecting their assets. While ordinary people on the ground, whoever you are, especially these people who call themselves minorities, of which I was a part of, don't have the money, don't have the big land, don't have nothing, but yet we are supposed to be victims. We are colonized and, and indoctrinated to be victims, persecuted people, a narrative that is ingrained and indoctrinated in our heads from the time we are born um, and we are, pretend, we, we, are, um, we are given a narrative to be on the weak side and oh my God, life is coming to an end and there's a genocide, but in reality, the establishment and the ecosystem behind this narrative is a, is, is a, a colonial empire, uh, a relic of those empires who are as cunning, who are as bigger thieves than anyone on the surface of the planet. And they are abs absolute scamsters and they have lied to us for the last 75 years and their, and their agents, their political agents called the Indian National Congress is going all around the country. Uh, for a Bharat Jodo Yatra. Why do you need a Bharat Jodo Yatra if the country was not together or if they had
had done such a great job for 75 years, we wouldn't have to be in this position that they needed a Bharat Jodo Yatra. Uh, but they need it because they know and, and they know that we know that they scammed us in the name of secular. Secular was only a word used to handcuff the Vedic civilization and continue the colonization of Hindustan through the constitution and through agents of the constitution, to architects of the constitution who were bought out uh, by these colonial powers. Uh, and they have been screaming victimhood, and only two groups scream victimhood for the last 75 years. I mean, if there's so many different small minorities, small minorities here, um, tribes, um, small tribes, big tribes, ethnicities, millions, millions of groups, but well, why only two groups are screaming? Because these two groups are the biggest con men or con groups on, on the surface of the planet, and they have through our silence and the indoctrination of our mind uh, lied to us and scammed us um, to eternity and the only people to blame is us we have to blame ourselves because we believed people we did not have that conversation we kept quiet they bought out our silence and now because we're not keeping any silent uh, silent anymore they come up with modi's india uh, modi's fascist modi's uh, modi's uh, hitler modi's this but they will not talk about the three fingers pointing back at them and they will not talk about the anger that is volcano that has is become a volcanic eruption on the inside um, that is um, that is eating into us and and that's why we are, are rising up and the rise and the resurrection the revolt the rebellion is not on the outside by Hindus it's on the inside by people who are fed up or being used as slaves as minority slaves by this ecosystem who has only used our human capital for money and power. They are not religions, they are not minorities, they are relics of colonial empires. And they have grabbed land in India, um, initiated laws in the government, um, in the constitution, only to protect and increase their assets while they handcuff the Vedic nation and the Vedic civilization with laws that prevent the, the return of our architectural marvels uh, to, our, to the land and to the people who own it rightly. Um, and covered all covered with this secular scam, but it's only non-Abrahamic non peoples who are brainwashed to require to be secular while the scamsters, these colonial empires have become more colonial, have become more rigid, have been bigger, become bigger scams than they ever were even before 1947. And this Marxism and communist, communism, uh, should I say, um, communism, that's right, these communists, uh, are the next level of um, colonial empires, uh, colonial ecosystems that have colonized our minds and colonized our lands. First, we had the Islamic invaders. Then we have the Abrahamic Christian invaders. After that, it's our own local communists and, so, and, and Marxists who have 
have taken over this land in the name of secular, uh, pretending that they are the most pluralist of, of groups and, and entities and ideologies, while uh, the people who are the real uh, pluralist, uh, the Vedic civilization is a bunch of communal people, communal fascists, communal, communal, communal. The land grab that's going on behind this is, um, is, uh, is humongous. And if there is no volcanic eruption that will happen, uh, look, uh, this planet is dead because there will be a suffocation of this level, of this, of this nature, will produce a volcanic eruption. And it is time to have that conversation to slowly externalize our emotions and the anger on the inside. Um, instead of just erupting in one full blow, because we do not want any more eruptions. We want to heal, we want to rise up, and we want to have that voice. And so anyone who uh, who tries to shut our voices down will, will be told very clearly, I am very sorry, but I, I don't have to take your colonization of my mind anymore. The three fingers are pointing back at you. So let's start with um, a, a simple concept, the Vakt bone. Okay, what is a vak board? If anyone knows what's a vak board, um, a vak board. Um, so it all started um, with this uh, this uh, Ganesh Chaturthi celebration at the Idga Maidan in Bengaluru after the Karnataka vak board raised objections against celebrations and said the location claiming. Uh, at the said location and claiming ownership of the land. This has brought about into focus the prevalent practice of the work board in a supposedly secular country and the functionings of the board maintaining them. Um, the Bruhat Bengaluru Mahangara Palike claim that the land of the Idga is government land, which it is, and the title is not transferred to the Muslim Waqf Board. Uh, but the Waqf Board sued and said, it has been their property since 1850s. And once a Waqf property, it continues to be a Waqf property for eternity. That means it belongs to, to, uh, uh, to Allah. No one's seen Allah, but that's okay. It's just a scam. Uh, the board's lawyer, Dushan Dave also argued that the work board is an overriding law and there's no legislative powers over it. Hence, the court cannot pass a law uh, um, uh, order of the work property. The Supreme Court then denied permission for Ganesh Chaturthi celebrations and, up, and asked to maintain the status quo on the site. So there's no use to the Constitution if you're going to allow uh, a law that was made during feudalism uh, the feudal times uh, to continue its rule on, on Indian soil post-1947. So you know now why the Babri Masjid issue happened. You know now why people are angry at the Godra rights. You know now why people are angry in Kashmir. Uh, because we really did not get any independence. It was just a scam. I've been saying this all along. We are still under colonial law. The colonial law still runs roost, and they have uh, overriding uh, rights over the constitution. Why does one group have to be following the constitution, and the other group can enact laws that 
overrides the constitution, thereby falling, continuing their colonial hangover. And, and, and they are not the fascists, they are poor little victims, but everyone else is the fascists who are daring to stand up against them. Well, I'm sorry, I'm angry, and I have the right to say so. Uh, so what is a rock? The, land, the very literal meaning of rock is definition, uh, is detention or confinement and prohibition. As per Islam, it is, the prop it is the property that is now available for only religious or charitable purposes, and any other use for sale of property is prohibited. As per Sharia law, once the Rakt is established, the property is dedicated to the Rakt. Uh, it, it remains as Rakt property forever. You, you know why now they, they consider um, India a Kufar state? Because Islam, once upon a time, colonized the land. And because their colonization did not stick, we rose up against them and we're still rising up against them they consider, consider us Kufa. They think that once the Indian subcontinent is theirs, it will, should remain theirs in all eternity. India is, the Islamic, uh, is an Islamic land, and that's why by 2047, the PFI want to resurrect the Islamic power once again. And we have our uh, jelly bean um, communists and our Marxists who are ever willing, uh, such hatred against their own uh, civilization, or their former civilization, that they think that uh, it is their duty to wipe it out and give it to, to colonial, uh, colonial powers and invaders who have spent the last 3,000 years butchering this planet. Not just the Indian subcontinent, but the planet. Um, so, Vakt means property or ownership of the, prop of the property is now taken away from the person, meaning uh, making Vakt, and transferred to the and detained by Allah. No one's seen Allah. As per Sharia, this property is now permanently dedicated to Allah, making the work irrevocable in nature. A waqif is a person who creates the work as a beneficiary, as work properties are bestowed upon Allah. In the absence of the physical, tangible entity, a mutawali is appointed by the waqif or by a com competent authority to manage and administer a work. Uh, in India, uh, the history of the work can be traced to the early days of the Delhi Sultanate. Okay, uh, so it was the colonial invaders who bought this. Okay, we understand that the Delhi Sultanate are a bunch of colonial invaders from the north, uh, and they imposed this on us. Eight hundred years later, our communists and Marxists have given them all the laws in the constitution to override the constitution. That means we're still living under colonial law, Islamic colonial law. Um, so this can be traced to the Delhi Sultanate when Sultan Muzaydin Zamgor. Uh, Gaur dedicated two villages in favor of the Jama Masjid of Multan and handed it to the administration of the Shaikul Islam. As the Delhi Sultanate and later the Islamic dynasties flourished in India, the number of Vak properties kept increasing. There is a case for the abolition of Vaks in India in the late 19th century where dispute over Vak property ended up in Privy Council of London during the days of the British Raj. The four, four paid British judges who heard the case uh, described the work as a perpetuity of the worst and most per perinicus kind and declared the work to be in, in invalid. 
okay, which is logical, however, but not according to Islam because they are a colonial empire sent by the gods. I don't know why God needs land because God made the entire cosmos. So why do you need land? Because you cannot, you cannot legitimize a colonial empire unless you don't label it as God. So this is what you call colonialism in at its best form. However, the decision by four judges was not accepted in India and the Musalam Vakt Validating Act in 1913 saved the institutional Vakt in India. Since then, no attempt has been made to curb the Vaks and the Vakt board is now the third largest landowner in India after the armed forces and the Indian railways. Um, so, uh, so much for victimhood, so much for, um, for minority rights, uh, persecution, genocide, uh, so much for uh, fascism. It's three fingers pointing back at them. In fact, the political vote banks have dictated that the institution of Vakt has not only been strengthened post-independence, the Vakt Act of 1954 passed by the Marxist called Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru government provided a pathway towards the centralization of Vaks. Central Vaks Council of India, a statutory body, was established in 1964 by the governor of, the, of India under the Vakt Act of 1954. Um, the Vakt Act was made even more favorable to Muslims in 1995. As advocate Dave pointed out, it is an overriding law and there are no legislative powers over it. That means a constitution of the country has given a secular country one side in 1970s they put secular on this uh, on, in the constitution handcuffing everyone else while giving them superpowers overriding all other powers uh, in 1995 why do you think they did that because in 1992, in the 1980s, they knew they lost power. They knew that the country was changing. They knew that they didn't have the ability to hold on to the vote banks anymore. So in order to give their vote banks something and get votes in return, they enacted two laws. One law was uh, um, the, right, the Right to Worship Act, or should I say... Uh, Places of Worship Act, and, and the other one was the work board. So they gave their vote bank everything that they wanted so that the ecosystem could have power in their hands. In return, they would get votes, and this is how this came about. So the Vakt Act of 1995 was enacted and implemented in November the 22nd, 1995. This act provides for power and functions of the Vakt Council, the state Vakt boards, and the chief executive officer, and also duties of the Mutawali. This act describes the power and restrictions of the Vakt Tribunal that acts in lieu of the civil court and its jurisdiction. The tribunals are deemed to be civil court and, re and required to exercise all powers and functions exercised by a civil uh, court under the Code of Civil Procedure 1908. The decision of the tribunal shall in final and bidding on parties, no suit or legal proceedings shall lie under the civil court which this act requires to be determined by a tribunal, thus making the Vakt tribunal decision above any civil court. Uh, since the ownership of the property is transferred to Allah, no one seen Allah, uh, from the Vakif in case of the Vakt, the property cannot be taken back from Allah because no one knows him. Once a property becomes Vakt, it stays, it always stays as Vakt. 
Um, I'm reading this from Op India, so anyone wants to read it, you're welcome to read it online. Um, as seen in the case of Bengaluru, the Ida ground, even though there was no title transfer to the Muslim organization, the Vaks claimed that the that it was Vak property from 19 from 1850. So it doesn't matter even if it happens once; it is always theirs. Means there, that is now forever Vak property. Uh, recently, from the Gujarat Vak Board, staked a claim on the Surat Municipal Corporation building, which is now the property of the Vak, because documents were not updated um, as per Vak, who makes their own laws by Allah. Uh, back to the Mughal era, the Surat Municipal Corporation building was a sarai and used under during Hajj travels. The property then belonged to the British Empire during the British rule. However, when India got independence, the properties were then shifted to the government of India. However, since the documents were not updated, the SMC building then became Vak property, as Vak board once says, once a Vak, always a Vak. Um... Uh, Gujarat, uh, they also claimed at one point that the, the Bet Dwarka in Devubumi Dwarka, uh, sorry, the two islands in Bet Dwarka and Devubumi Dwarka, a perplexed um, and two islands, were belonged to the Vakt. A perplexed High Court judge refused to hear the application and asked the board to revise its petition, wondering how can a Vakt state claim on Krishnagari land. Uh, Another interesting aspect of the work is that an apartment in your housing society can uh, any day turn into a mosque without any input from other members of the society if the owner of the apartment decides to endow it as work. Something similarly happened in the Shiv Sakti society in Suwat, where one of the plot owners registered his plot under the Gujarat work board, making it a holy place for Muslims, and people started offering namaz over there. The relevance of a vak in a secular society, which is what we're going to talk about. Uh, a special act for religious properties only for one religion, when no such law exists in any religion, smacks clear discrimination. Okay, so this vak law is not in the Quran. It is a man-made law used by feudal lords. Uh, under the scam, under the guise of Sharia, because Sharia has to come from uh, from from uh, from the Quran, and there is nothing in the Holy Quran that talks about this. Uh, it all comes from later texts institutionalized by men who wanted power. Now that the men have continued their power under the guise of religion, they've converted their colonial empires to religious empires. Uh, and their relics of empire. So anything that they say um, becomes holy, and subs uh, subservience to them is is a reflection and um, dedication to God. Um, it gives they take complete and total rights to take anything they want in the name of God, manipulate people, manipulate minds, manipulate human capital, kill, rape, murder, take away lands, and, and then scream uh, persecution, scream God, scream laws, and handcuff anyone else as secular. So they handcuff people as secular, they give themselves rights, and if you ever say anything to them, this godforsaken Abrahamic group will then say, oh, well, we're being persecuted. Uh, because they are relics of empires. Um, as a proudly secular country, how do we reconcile this? Uh, 
in fact um a um, um a PIL currently filed in Delhi High Court asked this very question by advocate Ashwini Kumar Upadhyay Delhi High Court has issued notice to the central government on this plea regarding the constitutional validity of the vaq Vak is not even present in Islamic countries with places such as Turkey, Libya, Egypt, Sudan, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Tunisia, Iraq having no Vaks. However, in India, because the Islamic occupation and invasion came to an end, they needed to, to continue their colonization to the back though, institutionalizing laws that are not religious, but colonial, um, rebranded as God's law, in order to control, continue their power and one day resurrect their empire. At the end of the day, this is continuing colonial hangovers and arrogance to um, to uh, resurrect their, their power. That's all it is. Why not in Islamic countries? Because Islamic countries, the whole land belongs to Islam and it should always belong to Islam. But this is a Kufar country and a Kufar country means Darul Ul-Harb. Uh, and they will keep inventing laws uh, um, to make sure that the power remains and because they are a big vote bank, our uh, um, jelly bean communist and Marxist groups would invent laws that supersedes the constitution. So what's the use of the constitution? What is the use of Independence Day? What is the use of Republic Day? On one side you're talking about secular, Yes, of course you're talking about secular because you need to handcuff people, make them into stupid donkeys while you give yourself rights and, 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 and portray yourself as, uh, as victims, which is a scam, which is just a perception given as a scam. And then you indoctrinate people on the ground for decades on the, on the go as, as, as people who are persecuted people who are weak you put in a negative aggressive mentality in them force them to be weak and then when they when something happens when they attract weakness you indoctrinate them that the other side is your enemy your own neighbors are your enemy your own people who feed you work for you are your enemies and and they are filthy people they are negative people they are dirty people they are corrupt people you indoctrinate them with an ideology and then pretend to be this uh oh this beautiful uh pluralistic secular group and while well, three fingers pointing uh, the communal fingers that you point at others are actually the three fingers pointing back at you. Because when you point fingers at someone, you don't define who they are. When you point your communal fingers at someone, you define who you are. And this, my dear friend, is what Abrahamic Abraham is. 3,000 years of Abrahamic garbage, and it has unfortunately overflowed on the Indian subcontinent. But we have to rise up. Now, this is not the only group, my friend. This is one group. Vak, Vak is Islamic, okay? We also know that there are other groups. And let's go to my favorite group, the f my favorite religion of Christianity. What is Christianity? Another colonial empire. The empire is dead, but their divine departments are open for business and they need our human capital to resurrect the empires. Now, let me tell you something. During COVID, um, 
we, um, I wrote to uh, the church, uh, the, the head of the church, well, one of the departments of the church in, in, uh, in India, and I said, look, um, as someone who was Christian, or I didn't say I was, I just said Christian, um, I know that in olden days, temples, churches were used as, as places for, for healing, places where sick went, they, they helped the sick in times of war, in times of poverty, in times of uh, pandemics. Uh, we've got so many churches, we're missing uh, hospitals, we're missing uh, places during the COVID crisis. Why don't we empty some churches and give it as, to use as hospitals? Why don't we do that? Uh, can we not, as you preach about being Christians, can you not offer the government your institutions, uh, your Christian institutions, uh, clear off the benches and put hospital beds in it so that we can uh, help the country? And I got a message back from um, from uh, one of the main head priests over there, or head whatever, and I was told uh, the church has already given, uh, is contributing big time to to the government of India, the PM Care Fund, and uh, and we have given I think 150 crores of rupees, uh, not sure of the number, 150 crores of rupees to the government to the PM Fund for COVID, uh, and I was 150 crores is a lot of money. Where did they get all of that money? I couldn't. I was stunned first in the first place. The church has 150 crores. I grew up when, when crores was a lot of money. We grew up with lakhs. Lakhs was a lot of money back then. Um, and now it's crores. But anyway, 150. That means if the church has 150 crores to give, it definitely has more than that. Uh, you know, what? 10,500 crores or 20,000 crores in its bank account. If they're giving you 150, they're not going to give you 150 if they have 200 crores in their bank account. So anyway, that's a lot of money. Where do you think the money comes from? The money comes from the people, the poor people who are forced to give you money. Uh, if not, uh, if they don't give you money, then uh, they will be thrown out of the church. And they're forced to give you votes. Um, while the church on the other side indoctrinates you to uh, tell you, keep you on your plantation, that your ancestors are dirty, your ancestors are filthy, Hindus are, uh, are ignorant and corrupt, and this is what I've been told directly on my face, that uh, Indians, and it's a code word for Hindus, uh, are all the above statements that I mentioned. I'm still stunned after hearing this, and so that's why I've repeated this at least three, four times on podcasts. But this is what the church is doing. One side, they pretend to give money to the government. The other side, they pretend they, they indoctrinate you with fear and negativity to hate your own neighbors. Uh, what I'm trying to say here is the church is one of the biggest landowners of the country, besides the Indian railways, uh, the defense, and the rock boat. That is the church. Can you understand these two institutions uh, who are supposedly religious institutions of God? God does not need land. God does not need power. God does not need money. God does not need allies with, the, with Marxist communists. But yet God needs land. And the church is another big owner of land. How much land does the church have? Do we know? No. There is not one Christian who will know unless he's involved with the church. 
how does how do we know you think Christ, christians mr and mrs everyday knows how much money that there is in 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 the church books how much how, how much land there is there and how come the church is giving out so much money how come the church is crying fascism if they're pointing fingers at others what are the three fingers pointing back at them can a christian even ask the church how much land do you have what is your net worth can they be declared can they talk about it can they print it they will never do that but they have the audacity to say that they are fascists and hindus and the bjp are um, um are vigilantes are um are extremists um why because they're trying to protect their assets and they're trying to protect uh, their assets from becoming public when they are public institutions mr and mrs every day are not public institutions so your assets are private the church is getting money from the public but considers itself private and says christians don't need to know but why if i'm giving you my money is there any democracy in 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 your uh, books or in your ideology that gives you the right that gives you the the duty to tell the people the congregation how much money you have how much land you have how much did you buy this land for how much did you buy this land for i mean they are sick group of people and you know why we are leaving because we are tired of being conned we're tired of being lied to we're tired of being relics of colonial empires jesus did not invent any christianity jesus did not invent the law jesus did not invent um christian commissions and christian boards why in hell uh, do these people need all these allies and and lobbies because at the end of the day they're about money and power and they have scammed everyone by saying secular 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 but they are the last of the secular groups they are, they are just not they they don't even know the word secular they are as communal as you can get they're as colonial communal and fascist as you can get but they have the guts and the audacity to point fingers at others and and take the garb of pluralism for them and keep on saying india is pure, uh, secular india is secular no india is not secular bharat is secular because of our vedic heritage bharat is secular because of our pluralistic mindset but the colonial empires who invaded this land in the name of god but who butchered their way through history they are not secular they are fascist communal group of people who in the front have one garb but in the back have another garb altogether uh and so it is time to ask well, how much money does how much land does a church in india have let me tell you a story that i stunned me i cannot even tell you um a, a couple of um, years ago i was reading what priyanka chopra and priyanka chopra had a grandmother who was christian i never knew that now um so anyway her grandmother died but because her grandmother married a hindu her grandmother could not be buried in on in a christian cemetery um i mean she wanted to be buried near her grand near her husband but her husband was buried in a christian cemetery but she could not be uh, sorry uh, her husband was cremated her husband was was hindu she is christian and she has a right to be buried in a christian cemetery but she could not be buried in a christian cemetery because her husband she married a hindu so automatically she disobeyed the church now can you believe it 
The church is a colonial empire. It invaded the land. It took over land. It made it theirs, gave themselves the right to colonize land and, and rent land at, at really degrading minimum prices from the government by layering their pockets. So they've got land all over the state and over the, uh, over the country at prices that are absolutely ridiculous, just like the uh, Karnataka, the Idgar grounds for rented for one rupee, which probably doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, because one rupee is invalid. I mean, doesn't really make any, you know, doesn't, you can't buy anything with one rupee today. But um, anyway, one rupee. So um, this, the church has taken over land across the board without even, uh, without even um, asking permission uh, and just occupying land in the name of God that it has never seen. Now, this is besides the fact that in modern India, we all live together. Even in, 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 in India of the past, we all lived together. Uh, the food is cultivated by everyone, sold by different groups of people. There is no discrimination when we're selling food. There's no discrimination when we ride our buses, when we travel by trains. There is no discrimination. Yet, when it comes time to burial, all of a sudden land belongs to you and me. We can't even die in peace. This church who, who says that they are pluralistic and, and everyone else is communal has the guts to say no on the ground to, to bury your own people who you've converted by force over the thousands of years. Um, and then after trying telling everyone else that... Um, no, we, we, are, we are secular, we are pluralistic, but the Hindus are communal. Well, not allowing a Christian to be buried on your land, on land which you have stolen, but just because she married a Hindu, is wrong. It is absolutely wrong. Uh, and so the big hue and cry that was made for Priyanka Chopra's Christian's grand, Christian grandmother was an absolute insult. I don't see why they're drinking water because water is also contaminated or touched by Hindus um, who we are brainwashed to call filthy people. Um, the air is, is shared by everyone else. The food is made by everyone else. The roads are made by Hindus. The, um, the, the, the bridges are made by Hindus. Why are you traveling on roads, buses? The money for the schools, these schools that these Christian schools have, they're all made by, uh, given by the, the state and the state collects the money from the taxes of 80% Hindus. So why are they taking the money? But they cannot allow you to be buried on the ground because you married a Hindu. Now, my father was Roman Catholic, but when he died, we cremated him. He never said openly that he was not um, he was not um, Christian anymore. He was not Catholic. He never mentioned it. So everyone thought he was nice and Catholic, and he was later on his ashes were buried in a Christian uh, in a Christian cemetery. Now. Because my father didn't talk against the church, because he knew that if he said anything, the church would come down on him like a pile of bricks. So it's okay to lie and live within the church. It's okay to be, it's okay for the church to have a bunch of hypocrites that pretend to be something on the outside, but it's something else 
someone else on the inside. That is okay as long as you're in the numbers and you're getting money for minority minoritism from the government in the in the form of allocation. In reality, your congregation has left. Your congregation is 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 hollow. Your congregations have all become Marxist and, and communist and and le leaving. But you're getting the money, so it's okay to keep quiet and be a hypocrite. You will be buried on on uh, Christian land on, on cemeteries but the moment you open your mouth and say that oh no I'm not Christian anymore or should I say I'm marrying someone else even though I want to keep my fake ideology um, colonial ideology then all of a sudden because you're telling the truth you're not allowed permission to be even buried in peace so you have to be a hypocrite to be part of the church uh, and tell a lie instead of being straightforward and telling the truth and, and learning to live with love and learning to live with honor, building bridges, being that secular even in marriage, in that's that's not okay. But you have to be fascist, you have to be supremacist in order for you to to be considered to to portray yourself as as this pluralistic person, as is this so-called secular person, so that the church and the ecosystem can harness your capital for power. I mean, if that's not, uh, I, I'm I'm stunned. I am angry. I'm I'm um, I have to say it that I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to be have been part of this Abrahamic lie. Uh, and the colonialism of our minds, the fascism of the ecosystem. Um, and because of that, because I do not like the three fingers pointing back at me, um, I have left and I hope that other people stand up and leave too. Uh, so the church is another institution, a colonial feudal institution that pretends that it's a, a religious body. It is not uh, Islamic Vakbod is also a colonial body, has no basis in the Quran, and neither does the church have any basis in the Bible. They've institutionalized and, and interpreted the Bible to suit their colonial vested interests and, and thereby con every single Indian. Um, on the other side, we know that temples in India are owned by the government. The government has total control of the temples. So why are you enacting laws to give the Vakbo the ability to own land and do what they want with the land anywhere? Why are you giving laws to give the church behind the scenes the ability to own so much of land that they're the third and fourth largest landowner after the railways and the defense? Why are you giving this while you are handcuffing um, Hindu temples? Are you secular? Is the government, is this, is the Marxist Indian National Congress and its co communist allies, are they secular? No. So th this new hate speech, oh, Modi's India, Modi's fascist India, the hate speech, that's all a scam to protect your assets. Because in reality, in reality, the real fascists are the three fingers pointing back at these victimhood minority religions who are actually relics of colonial empires, which have handcuffed this Vedic civilization, handcuffed, enacted laws to protect, uh, to, to destroy the Vedic civilization from the inside, take away our, our, take away our heritage while pretending to be secular 
and pointing two fingers at the other, three fingers at the other side, or should I say two fingers, as communal, only to resurrect its human, uh, its, its colonial power. At the end of the day, it's all about money and power. It's not about God. It's not about, uh, it's not about Allah. It's not about religion. It's not about spirituality. Land, you don't need land for spirituality. You do not need, um, you do not need rock boards. You do not need uh, lobbies. You do not need constitution. If you were a real, real religion, you do not need all of this. The very fact that you need this is feudalism and colonialism. Filled with caste, filled with Dalit, filled with uh, Hebrew uh, Dalit, uh, and and power, 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 power. At the end of the day, we're still not free. It we're not free. So until we have that conversation, have that courage to have that conversation among ourselves, have that courage to be free, have that courage to heal have the courage to externalize what is going on and listen to ourselves having that conversation, we will not, we will not ever get any freedom. We will be a dharmic for the rest of eternity. Um, and instead of being dharmic, which is free, free-flowing metaphysical energy, which means you have to stand up and start asking the government to release the Vedic Hindu temples, close down these rock boards, um, and release data for all the property owned by religious groups. I repeat, all property owned by religious groups. I don't care which the group. Every religious group has to publicize a list of its properties and the government has to release Indian temples from their, from their hands, their control of the money. Um... And, and 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 remove this word secular because it's a sham. It's a complete utter sham. Uh, until you have the guts to do that, until you rise up and vote for your governments or your leaders uh, to to change the laws, unless you stop putting money in the hands of these temples who are owned by the government and and using this money for all the wrong reasons while giving. Power, laws, money, land to Abrahamic groups in the name of secularism, but in reality, uh, in the name of feudal colonial um, occupation of our minds. Um, until you have the guts to stand up for that, then there's no use crying, there's no use saying anything. You might as well go back to sleep and get up as a slave in the next in uh, in fifty years' time, or should I say, thirty years' time. You have to start getting up. You have to start waking up. You have to start calling out these people, having that conversation, externalizing your voice, and write to your uh, leaders. Write to them that the laws have to change. If not, you're not getting your vote. They're not getting your vote if the laws do not change. That these colonial empires branding themselves as religion have to release all their properties in public newspapers so as to... So as the people on the ground, uh, even those that are part of their religions, know what is going on while they're living in, in shams and shacks uh, and these um, 
and their ecosystem is rich as rich can as hell. And while they blame they blame the Advanis, they blame the Hindujas, they blame all of these big groups, but they don't have the guts to blame these religions, these churches, and and the um, and and these vak boards and all these temple boards for the amount of money that they own. They will not talk about that because they need the votes of these religious uh, colonial empires, but. Uh, they want to go against the economic uh, groups of India who are actually the ones giving giving jobs and giving money to the people, giving dividends to the people, while these colonial relics um, take the money and, and put in their pocket and make sure that people are slaves and dependent upon their ignorance and their colonization and slavery of their minds. So you have to start standing up. If you do not stand up, if you do not have that voice, you do not reach the, your elected officials. It's not going to go anywhere. You're going to be a slave forever. You want to change that? You need to vote and put your money and your mouth where your vote is. If not, there is not going to be any change. Um, the day you stand up for this, the day you have this courage to have this conversation, they will be free. Uh, so please share this podcast. Please have that conversation. Please um, research this topic. Write, externalize yourself and write to your leaders. Write to them saying that you want these laws to change. Thank you very much. You have yourself a great day and stay safe.